Hey, dear saints, you're listening to Preaching Christ Crucified on Double-Edged Sword. Sermons from Pastor Kilgo, preached at Redeemer Lutheran Church in Lawrence, Kansas. We pray that as you hear God's word, you would be strengthened in faith and love and rejoice in the joy of the Lord's promises and kindness. In the name of Jesus, amen. Dear saints, you can view the entire history of the people of Israel through their two chief festivals, through uh, the festival of the Passover and through the festival of Yom Kippur, what we know better as the Day of Atonement. These two festivals mark the primary service of God to his people. And you can see this in the fact that both of these festivals are the festivals marked with blood. At Passover, the blood is placed over the door. At the Day of Atonement, the blood is placed in a number of places, but especially and most importantly, upon the Ark of the Covenant. In both instances, the blood marks those who are the Lord's redeemed. But these festivals, as great as they are, are but a shadow. They had to be reenacted year after year, And though they forgave sin, they did not have the power to take away sin. They were shadows, their fulfillment found in Christ. And it is the reason why we gather to celebrate tonight and tomorrow in particular. Tonight is the fulfillment of the festival of the Passover. Tomorrow, the fulfillment of the festival of the Day of Atonement. This evening, then, we are concerned particularly with the Passover and how it is fulfilled in Christ. In the land of Egypt, the people of Israel dwell in slavery. The Israelites suffer under the tyranny of Pharaoh. This particular line of Pharaohs had forgotten the kindness that the Lord had shown to them through the patriarch Joseph. They had forgotten how the Lord, through Joseph, had saved them from the seven years of famine. And in response, because they forgot this, they had enslaved the Israelites in order to be their manual labor, which they used to build their cities and their monuments. From this then ensues all sorts of terrible hardships for the Israelites. They're beaten, they suffer under brutal labor, and they're treated as the least people in the sight of the Egyptians. But the greatest hardship that these people, the Israelites, endure is that they are separated from the worshiping of their Lord. And so the people of Israel cry out to the Lord in distress. And the Lord in his mercy hears these pleas, and he has mercy on the people of Israel, and he sends to them Moses. Moses would be their mediator. He would be the one who would go in and speak to Pharaoh on their behalf and urge him to let the people of Israel go, that they would go and worship the Lord as they desired. But Pharaoh was stubborn and evil and unbelieving. He hardened his heart to the hearing of the word the Lord speaks through Moses, even as the Lord sends plague after plague, causing immense suffering to the people of Egypt, but none to the people of Israel. Even amidst that, Pharaoh continues over and over to harden his heart He will not believe, he will not relent, and he will not release the people of Israel. And so finally, the Lord, through Moses, 
sends one final warning, one final plague, a plague which would hopefully bring Pharaoh to repentance. This plague, if enacted, would end Pharaoh's line because this plague would kill the firstborn of every household. If Pharaoh would not repent, he would not have an heir to sit on his throne. This plague of the firstborn, however, was not only a warning from the Lord, but it is also a promise from the Lord, a promise of the fulfillment to come in Jesus. In order to prepare for this plague, God instructs the Israelites through Moses that they are to take a lamb from their flocks, but not just any lamb. They are to take a male, a year old, without spot or blemish. It was to be the perfect specimen of a lamb, the sort of lamb that would win the blue ribbon at the Jerusalem State Fair. And each family was to have one of these lambs. And then they were to take this perfect spotless lamb and kill it. And they were to take its blood and spread it above and on each side of their doors. This was to mark their homes as the homes of the Lord's people. The angel of death was on his way. It was coming to kill the firstborn of every family. But the blood of the lamb smeared on the door would protect them. It would spare them from this plague of death. That evening, the tenth plague hits. The angel of death is sent by the Lord, and every firstborn is killed, both human and beast. There is no consideration of nationality or economic status or popularity. Every firstborn male is killed, from the lowest slave to the house of Pharaoh himself. Despite all the wailing and mourning which arose in that evening, there was no avoiding this terrible angel of death. Only through the blood of the Lamb could you be spared. So every door of every house which drips with blood is passed over by the Lord. Whenever the angel would see this blood, he would know that it was a house of the faithful and he would pass over it. And in response to this, Pharaoh finally gives up. He relents and the people of Israel come out of Egypt. And so each year, year by year, as a remembrance of this event and the mercy and the faithfulness of God, the people of Israel were commanded to celebrate this festival in the same way. They were to take a lamb every year without spot, without blemish, the perfect specimen, and sacrifice it and smear the blood around their doors and then sit down and eat the meal in haste and remember how the Lord had passed over their homes in former times and how they had been saved on account of the blood of the Lamb. So fast forward about 1,500 years. Thousands upon thousands of lambs slain, gallons upon gallons of blood smeared on the doorposts, and we have Jesus gathered with his disciples in the upper room on the night in which he would be betrayed into death, the night in which he, the true Lamb of God, would be sacrificed. They are gathered to celebrate this meal, but also to bring it finally to its conclusion in Jesus. They eat and they drink and they remember the great salvation which the Lord had worked in their nation so many generations ago and the faithfulness of the Lord 
in preserving his people for all of these years. And then Jesus reveals the true purpose of all of those celebrations, all those lambs, all that blood, all that remembrance. He reveals that all of this was pointing to this moment, to this night, to this Lamb of God. It's all pointing to him and to his great gift that he would then bestow on his disciples. Christ, the Lamb of God who takes away the world's sin, the Lamb presented to God as the one without spot or blemish, takes bread, gives thanks, and gives to his disciples with this amazing statement, this is my body. And he takes the cup, and he drinks, and he gives thanks, and he gives it to his disciples along with this amazing statement, this is my blood. The sacrifice of the Passover is now fulfilled, and it is replaced by the sacrament of the Lord's Supper. The blood of thousands of lambs reaches its fulfillment replaced by the blood of a single lamb. The blood which does not simply forgive, but takes away sins. All those lambs, the blessed, best from each flock, are fulfilled for all time by the perfect and pure and holy Son of God. The salvation of God's people, their being delivered from the land of slavery and exile, is fulfilled, and it is replaced by salvation from an even greater foe, in fact, from a trio of foes, from sin and from death and from the devil. There in that upper room is the creation of a new covenant, and we, the saints of the New Testament church, are those who live under that covenant and promise. It is his last will and testament to us that we who are called out of the exile of our sin, who are clothed with garments made white by the blood of that lamb at our baptism, we who have received the grace of God in both word and sacrament, that we have this promise that the blood of Jesus marks our doors. The blood of Jesus poured out upon the tree of the cross cleanses us from every spot and stain. It cleanses us from all guilt and corruption. It cleanses us from all our sin and our iniquity and every transgression against the Lord's law. We are, in this blood, redeemed, rescued, and returned to be the Lord's people. And as the people of God, we have this great joy of walking with him in forgiveness and righteousness and blessedness and obedience. Thousands of lambs slain, gallons of blood shed, countless meals consumed, all the Passover lambs, all the blood smeared on the doorposts, it all points to the cross of our Lord Jesus, where we behold the Lamb of God who takes away your sins. The blood which is shed on the holy hill of Jerusalem does not stay there, though. It is brought into our midst this evening, and every time that we gather around these blessed words of our Lord, take and eat, this is my body, take and drink, this is my blood. There in the upper room, 
Jesus celebrates the Passover and he fulfills it. And he gives us the greater thing, which it had long pointed to. And now we no longer have a remembrance of things past, but a blessed reality that delivers to us the very body and blood of the true lamb perpetually, forgiving our sins and strengthening our faith and love and bringing us into the resurrection of eternity. No longer does the Lord require you to paint your doorposts of your home with the blood of the lamb. Instead, he gives you his blood, the blood of the lamb, to be placed upon the door of your lips. And no longer once per year, but often. As often as you need your sins forgiven, as often as you need the assurance of the Lord's mercy to you, as often as you need the Lord Jesus who is for you, Here, our true Paschal Lamb we see, whom God so freely gave us. He died on the accursed tree, so strong his love to save us. See, his blood now marks our door. Faith looks to it, death passes over, and Satan cannot harm us. In Jesus' name, amen. The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Thanks for listening to Preaching Christ Crucified on Double-Edged Sword, sermons by Pastor Kilgo at Redeemer Lutheran Church in Lawrence, Kansas. We'd like to invite you to join us for church, Sundays at 10 a.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. We also have Bible study at 9 a.m. on Sunday mornings and at other times throughout the week please visit our website at redeemer-lawrence.org for more information. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you next time.